0: The reading today is from the second chapter of Luke, Acts, beginning at first ch- uh, 1, for goodness sake, Polter. The Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Capitonius, Pontius and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jew and the converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked each other, what does this mean? Indeed, what does this mean? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you to Anne as well for reading that. Normally Steve, if you're down to read our oh, New Testament reading, it won't have any difficult words. Apart from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. So thank you, Anne. Let's pray and we're going to think about that together. Lord Jesus, would you take these words that you inspired, breathed out, and would that same Holy Spirit, Lord, come and breathe them into our hearts and our lives that we might be touched and changed by the power of your word, your truth, your spirit, setting our hearts afire afresh for you today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to focus particularly on the language part of what happened uh, on Pentecost today. So I looked up, and I'd heard this was the case, but I'd never really looked into it, the benefits of being bilingual, uh, able to speak ...in more than one language. And there's quite a few, apparently, and proper scientific surveys have been done... uh, ...looking at the benefits that come from being able to speak in more than one language... ...particularly from an early age. Multitasking is improved, apparently. Uh, It can make you more empathetic, because you have a better understanding... ...of uh, the people coming at things from different points of view. Creative thinking. And switching between different types of thought quite quickly. Conscious and uh, subconscious and those kinds of things... Um, there were more on the list but I'm not bilingual so I couldn't focus for long enough to write them down basically being able to speak in more than one language has some real benefits to you so if you can do that this morning fantastic if like me you can't don't worry because today and that story of Pentecost is about speaking in different languages but pointing to an even greater benefit pointing to a benefit that comes from receiving the Holy Spirit of God but to really understand that I want us to go back in time quite a long way I'd like us to travel back through the story of the Old Testament so we're kind of reversing if you like from uh, Pentecost all the way back to Genesis chapter 11 so we're going back to the time after Noah but before Abraham Okay, so a long way back before the start of God's people and the culmination of society which had turned away from god in its heart and tried to become like god in itself we're actually going to go back to the story of the tower of babel in genesis 11 now let me read this uh, passage for you Uh, you may well be familiar with it but let me remind you of of what happened all those years before right back when human society was much smaller and located primarily in one place Now the world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make brick and bake them thoroughly. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language they've begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building a city. That's why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. It tells a story of how early humanity spread out, and started speaking different languages as a result of God saying to them that what they had done in trying to reach to the heavens themselves was not right. You see, the, the physical separation that comes at Babel is a reflection of what had already happened in their hearts. They'd already separated themselves from God. They were trying to be like God. They were trying to see if they could make a name for themselves. They didn't want to worship God They wanted to be worshipped. But of course, that's not what we were made for. It's foolish and self-destructive to try and do that. We can't do it. There's a lovely little bit of almost sarcasm there in Genesis 11. Did you notice it? After people decide to try and build a tower that reaches up to heaven and make a name for themselves as people who can build this wonderful giant tower. Did you hear what happened? God looks down. It's like this one most wonderful human achievement. We can be like God. They try and build this tower and God goes, oh yeah. But they have to be scattered because what they're doing actually is very much the same pattern that you see all the way through those early chapters of Genesis and on actually forward as well that sin at its heart is, is saying no to God being God and trying to be God for ourselves. It's the same you hear in the account of Adam and Eve in the garden. They don't want to just enjoy these amazing blessings that God's given them. They fall for the temptation of wanting to be like God and to know good and evil. Sin at its heart is rejecting God as God and trying to make ourselves be God instead. But God loves us too much to let us do that, to fall into that trap. He has to remove Adam and Eve from the garden, their physical separation represents their separation in their heart and the same thing happens at Babel the people get scattered as a representation of the separation that's already there in their heart from God and thus the story of people spreading out into all the world because sin that turning away from God separates us sin leads to separation It separates us from God, who made us to be in this relationship with God. And it separates us from one another. And you don't need me to tell you that the world is full of people who are separated from one another. You've only got to turn on the news for five minutes. You've only got to pick up a paper and read a couple of headlines. Each of us, sadly, probably only has to think for a few minutes about people that we know, perhaps even ourselves, families, friendships, relationships, have broken down. Sin separates us. It's a separating force. And that's what happened at Babel. It starts to explain for us why there is such pain in the world. Why can't we just all get along? You look at some of these situations around the world and you think, why can't people just get on? It would be so much better for everybody if you just lay down your weapons and try to find a way to, to coexist, to peace. From the outside, it sort of seems so obvious that it's in everyone's best interest, and yet the sin in our heart drives us apart. It's just what it does. It's why God is so opposed to it. It's why God says at some point there's going to be an end to it because it's so damaging to us and so different from what we were made for which is to live in these perfect harmonious loving relationship with God and with one another why is there so much pain in the world, separation hurt, why do we see wars and division sectarianism all those things, why do relationships break down well ultimately if you bring it all back it comes back to that turning away in our hearts from what God made us for. At Babel, sin had separated us. Now we can fast forward a couple of uh, thousand years and we get to Pentecost. Because at Pentecost, God's spirit begins to unite people in a miraculous way. Do you notice how it starts to undo what had happened at Babel all those thousands of years before. At Babel the people started speaking languages so they couldn't understand one another as they scatter. At Pentecost the people are drawn in as they hear people speaking in their language in ways that they can understand. It undoes the damage. Instead of scattering people, God's spirit unites people. It's a bit like having a two magnets you must have done that at school uh, where you have two magnets and if you get them the right way round, they snap together they pull together the forces uniting them together but if you turn one of those magnets the other way round, and you try and push those magnets together all of the force is pushing them back again the other way and you can kind of pull it in and let it go and it pings off well sin is when our hearts are turned the wrong way round from god We've turned away. And so the force at that point is pushing us away from our loving Heavenly Father. But when we come to Him and the Spirit gives us this faith, this forgiveness, this grace, it's like that magnet of our heart is turned around. And instead of the force being one of repulsion, it's one of attraction. Instead of being forced away and separated, we're pulled in and united And if you have really strong magnets, like those really powerful electromagnets, you can't even pull them apart because the force is holding them together so strongly. And at Pentecost, the separation of Babel is flipped on its head. People start to hear the good news of Jesus in their own language in a way that they can understand, and it draws them in, it pulls them in. This crowd gathers, and they're amazed at at the fact that they can hear these simple uh, men of Galilee being able to speak in all of these different languages of those who had gathered. And that, too, is symbolic of what God is doing in people's hearts. And later on, if you read through the story of Acts, you'll know that uh, people think that they must be drunk. Uh, or something, they're not sure what's going on, but Peter stands up and he says, no, these people are not drunk. This is God's spirit being poured out in the last days as the prophet Joel prophesied. And that if you turn to Jesus, you can have this forgiveness, that your heart can be turned 180 degrees and you can be brought into God. And several thousand people just on that day give their life to Jesus and the church is born. All because of what the Holy Spirit is doing through them as he gives them that gift of speaking in those languages from the separation of Babel sin in our heart to the uniting power of the spirit drawing people in that doesn't mean of course the relationships within church and amongst God's people are always perfect we know that's not true We know that there's still going to be times where we find it hard to get on with people or we fall out or something like that. I'm always comforted by a a talk I heard once from a very experienced minister who'd written a book actually on small groups, home groups or whatever you want to call them. And in it, he talks about how he finds it far more worrying when there are churches and small groups that have never fallen out than when there are churches that have. He thinks that if you've never fallen out, there's never been any problems, then you're probably operating at a very superficial level. More of a social club with a spiritual veneer. As soon as we start to dig deep and actually share our lives with each other, that's of course going to be opportunities then when the devil gets in or we just allow ourselves to fall out with each other. But that actually is a sign that we're going to the depth of relationship that God calls us to the uniting power of the Spirit in drawing us together and be able to understand one another as as is shown for us at Pentecost but happens all the time in our interactions. Yes, sometimes it doesn't work but the, the momentum, the trajectory is one of a uniting force. It pulls us together even if at times there's a little bit of friction along the way. Actually, when we're in Christ, when we receive his Spirit, we're able to understand and see one another and hear from one another in a way that without his Holy Spirit... We wouldn't be able to do. And Pentecost wasn't the end of the story of that, of course. At this stage in Acts chapter 2, it's, it's primarily Jews or uh, God-fearing Gentiles who've gathered in Jerusalem from different parts of the world who are able to hear these different languages. As the story of Acts goes on, then you get more and more of the Gentiles being included. In fact, there's almost like a, a Gentile Pentecost later on when the Spirit falls on a Roman household. And we are the continuation of that story. It doesn't matter if our, if our origin is Jewish or Gentile or anything else. That's not a determining factor anymore. God's Spirit is there to be poured out on anyone and everyone who turns to him. And when God's Spirit falls in us, when, it, when it's alive in us, it, it turns our heart around. He turns our heart around. And instead of that force of separation from God and from each other, We have that force which is uniting us and pulling us together as his people. As I say at times, there'll still be bumps along the way, but God's Holy Spirit is pulling together a people to be united in him. And I think that is a good point to finish on a note of application. What do we do with that then? If God's Spirit is given to us in part, It's one of many things that God's Holy Spirit can do, but to to enable us to be together, just as it was on that first Pentecost, to enable us to be united, to understand one another. I think there's a really important application there for when it is difficult, when times are hard or we are feeling a bit challenged in our connections or relationships or friendships or whatever it might be. There's a particular prayer there to be able to understand one another, not just in the human languages that we speak but to really ask God for that insight to understand where someone else is coming from to see their perspective to have that sort of empathy that we're told bilingual people have to be able to ask God to say let me see where this person's coming from let me understand what's led them to this point and why we see things a little bit differently why we go about things a little bit differently But actually, Lord, if we're both in Christ, then we are united in your family, in your church around the world. It's a really practical prayer to be able to pray. Jesus, since your spirit is uniting us, would you help me to understand this person? Help me to see where that person's coming from. Help me to know and feel that I belong, that I'm a part of this, and so are they. Because you are. If you've turned to Jesus and invited his Holy Spirit to come and make a dwelling place in you, then you are included. You are united. You are part of what God is doing. The ongoing story that began in Acts chapter 2 and is still going out to the ends of the earth today. God's Spirit in us is uniting us to be his people, his family, to reach the world with that same good news. You're included. You're part of it. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you for the way that your spirit at that Pentecost showed us the The undoing of the separation of Babel and what it represented. Of how instead of being scattered, people were brought together from all the ends of the earth. To hear one another, to understand one another, and to receive that good news of what you had done. Father, thank you that when we trust in you, we also are included. We also are welcomed in. We also have our hearts turned around to be drawn to you and to one another. So, Lord, would you give us grace when it's difficult? Would you help us to truly understand one another, to hear one another, to listen to one another, and to experience that sense of belonging, of welcome, of inclusion? all through the presence of your Holy Spirit. Lord, would you fill us anew, we pray. Draw us in. Help us to hear you and each other. Make us one. Lord, your Holy Spirit can do it. And so we come to you in prayer. Amen.